Hello, today we're going to be talking about the Sinister More Than Six, because there are more than six affiliated characters in the Spider-Foes. My name is Kenny, and welcome to the Gamers Guild. So with me today, I have Josh, a.k.a. Merzane. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing good. I am uh, doing very good and very uh, excited to talk about this affiliation. Good. And then we also have Matthew, a.k.a. Shadow Marvel, who I have yet to really record with. So I'm excited. Hi. Yeah, I'm super excited about this, too. Like, I mean, I'm excited about Spider-Foes because I like the characters from the comics, but I'm um, Doubly excited to record with Kenny G. How do you sp- how do you pronounce your last name? Uh, it's pronounced Gion. Like most people okay. would not guess that G U I O N. I'm doxing okay. myself. This is fine. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And see you you both you both are really excited and really like the characters and a lot of stuff. I'm excited uh, because. The characters look cool, even though uh, Kenny took the character I wanted to talk about. Uh, You can can talk about him, too. Why don't you talk about your character, Josh? Well, I want to say I'm excited to hear you two together because I don't know nothing about these guys. All right. I'm going to preface this a little bit with I don't know what the heck I'm talking about. Yeah, I just chose the the cool guys. I am. uh, I have played these guys once. The last time I played these guys, I was using Ultron to drop off Venom. So that tells you a little bit about how long it's been. Uh, it's been, a, been a minute. It's been a minute. What's a drop off? What is a drop off? Well, back in my day, boy, we used to have these things called unrestricted tactics cards. <laughs> <laughs> the red and restricted list was just a myth. <laughs> we didn't believe it. And then it came true. Uh, so we need we need Nate here to police us. <laughs> it's anarchy now. We're talking about the villains. It's the only way. Anyways, this is, this is the Gamers Guild after dark. <laughs> <laughs> no adult supervision. <laughs> All right, what's your so, box, Josh? My box is Lizard and Craven. Why is my box Lizard and Craven? You may ask. Well, I think Lizard is probably one of the best three point characters in the game. Uh, He is very tanky. He automatically reduces damage done to him from attacks. And is it enemy sources or just attacks? Uh, Enemy enemy effects. Enemy effects by one to a minimum of one. Um, With. One second. Let me pull him up. I can't remember how much health he has. Six. He has six health. With six health on his front side and five on his back side, uh, gives him a lot of uh, stamina to chew through. And then good defensive stats, four, three, three, really solid. He's a big boy at three, size three, so he's very hard to move. Um, and then he has healing factor one, so he's going to heal a little bit of the damage he takes. And he has access to exceptional healing. So just a stupid hard character to remove from the table. The rest of his card doesn't matter to me. It's all good. But that's the only reason I like him here. Uh, he's an Craven, absolute tank. He's an absolute goat. 
Did you mention that he has a throw? Uh, I like I said, I don't care about the rest of his card. Just, Dude, he just he, doesn't die. He's got he a does throw, have though. a throw. He has a throw for enemy characters size three, enemy characters and terrain of size three or less. Costs him three, and he throws him short. And then his uh, his spender is actually good. It's a seven die spender. If it deals damage, they're blood and slowed, and it's sometimes pretty relevant. And his strike pushes on a wild, but again. Here, we like big, beefy boys, and he is one of the beefiest three-point boys in the game. Uh, his box partner, Craven, he's okay. I like him. Uh, he has two pretty cool support abilities. Uh, one is you point at a guy, and anytime that guy moves, they take a damage. And the other one is he points at a guy and all your guys get an extra die on attacks against that guy for the rest until his next activation. Uh, so one of the weird things about spider foes is most of them have four die builders. And one of their weaknesses can be building power since their builders all uh, are on four and Craven can help that a little bit. Um, he's also got some pretty decent damage output himself, and he's got a reroll on his attack and defense roll. So he's sort of consistent when you want him to be. Um, but he's probably not your first choice in most of your builds. He's probably not the first choice in my build, uh, but he's a he's a solid extra to come with Lizard. Yeah, I found uh, Craven to be a lot of fun. Uh, he's got a lot of really good mobility with his attacks. If he hits the wild and the Kukri strike or... Um, if he's already moved when he makes the spear thrust attack, he gets to advance medium again. So sometimes like I just move him spear thrust and then move back to a point, like let's say on a B map or something like that. Um, or even it, it works on a D as well. So I don't know. I like, I like his mobility and then the, the superpowers are, are kind of cool. Like you said, corner of the beast and expert tracker being able to help continue to, pump out the damage output. I think the cool thing about spear thrust too, is that uh, it is a builder. It's like both of his attacks are getting in power. One is going to be a flat. You gain one and one's going to be a, you gain uh, power equal to the damage done. And it's, it's really nice that if you want him to, he can build consistently. And then if you're wanting to use the spear thrust attack for its utility, or for the damage, because it can occasionally get uh, three dice uh, added on top of its four. If you've already done the Kukri strike and then attack with a spear thrust, it gets to be a seven die builder. Uh, you can potentially get a lot of power with him. So he, unlike the rest of his affiliation, he doesn't really uh, have a problem building power to the same degree. And like I said, you use corner, uh, you use, which one is it? Corner of the beast? No, it's expert tracker. You use expert tracker to, Help your friends get some power too. Yeah, a really fun box. I, I, I like the box. I like Lizard. I really like Lizard. I played a lot of Lizard. I don't. I don't really like Craven, to be honest. I want, don't don't want to be the Debbie Downer. I've I've played Craven. I think he has some good spots, and I don't think they're in Spider Foes personally. I like the I like him in Midnight Suns. I think he's got some great synergies in Midnight Suns, but. I've been let down so many times trying to make Craven work in my rosters that I ended up just moving on to other three threats within affiliation and other three threats outside of affiliation that it just, it just 
did not it did not get what I wanted, and he always wants to attack twice, and the leadership only works for one attack, and sometimes it's hard just to get into the range to start his combo because he has to start in range two to do the combo he wants to do, which is why he's great in Midnight Suns because he can bump in and then start doing a bunch of nonsense. But Ooh. here, he always feels a little, a, a little hard to get off what he wants to do. Um, so I've 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 been very cool on Craven in the affiliation, but Lizard is absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, I definitely choose this expansion because Lizard is a rock star and Craven is serviceable. Uh, I wouldn't say that I, I wouldn't take like I said I wouldn't take Craven in every list, um, but. He, he has play if you're interested. Um, he also has uh, probably one of the most hilarious cards in the game. Uh, fearful Symmetry. Uh, if anyone ever gets Fearful Symmetry to work, where he personally has to kill Peter Parker, and then he gets to steal a suit and be the four-point core box Peter Parker for the rest of the game, you can never pull that off. I want to know about it. I want to see it. Because I, I don't know... I don't feel like I'll ever be able to do it myself. I need to live vicariously through someone else. If, you, if <laughs> someone does that and has video proof, I will buy them a beer. Ooh, you heard it here, ladies are, and gentlemen. Okay. Are you talking about like cheap beer? Are you talking about like a good craft beer? I'll I'll, I'll do like one of those like $10 beers. Oh, okay. <laughs> like wow. a, nice, a just... nice big old glass of beer, nice and foamy at the top. High alcohol content, mm. whatever you want, I will I will buy it for you because I don't think it's ever gonna happen. <laughs> <laughs> I'm uh I'm now on a a, a Spider Foes player until this bet is complete. <laughs> <laughs> I knew we'd convert you. Josh, uh, we, we didn't mention one of the other team tactics that come in this box, and that is uh Sinister Traps. Mm. Yeah. A huge uh, aspect of of spider foes. Says some people. I think I think the card's a bit of a trap. Uh, pun, <laughs> pun, pun, pun intended. Uh, <laughs> All right, uh, podcast is canceled. <laughs> it's a, it's a little interesting because on one hand, um, you're displacing an enemy character, which can be great like for making sure they can't reach an objective round one. But on the other hand, if you're doing that, you're also feeding them power to maybe get their machine rolling a little bit more quickly. Or if your opponent um, does cheeky things, you might just say, oh, that's pretty cute that you put sinister traps on that objective. I'll just let you get that objective. I, I mean, I think ugh, I've put, I've played against it a bunch. And I mean, I've said it in actually a prior podcast I'm, I definitely think that Sinister Trap makes your 10 for Spider-Foes, but I don't. I feel like it gets overplayed. I think that most rosters have a solution to it. Um, it like, like Kenny said, it feeds you power, so a lot of times it gives you kind of what you want to do. Uh, a lot of long movers, as an example, have other dis, you know, ways to maneuver themselves, so they can long move to a Sinister Trap, usually set it off, get pushed, get power so they can long move, pick up the objective and then, you know, pounce or grappling hook or whatever away because now they have all the power to do what they want. Uh, and they take a little bit of damage from it, but that's fine. It's usually fine. 
depending on if, if you're planning it out. So that's that's my biggest problem with Sinister Traps is how it just it gives the power it gives power it gives a resource to my opponent to then be able to still do the thing they want. If my opponent if I'm playing Sp- Spider Foes and my opponent ignores um, the objective because of my Sinister Trap, I think that's a win for Spider Foes. They that's what they want. Yeah, I think it's a really solid counter actually to. Angela grabbing and running away or any other kind of runaway shenanigans. Except for Amazing Spider-Man, who's actually very good into Sinister Traps. (laughs) That's his Spidey senses. Yeah. Uh, I think my favorite Sinister Traps I've ever experienced was uh, I used it back when I played Sam Spam. Kenny used Sinister Traps on my Nebula. I did a good bit of damage and I thought about it for a minute. I said, okay, uh, well, she's just going to run up here like as the most obvious bait in the world pass. And he takes it, shoots her, gives me a free movement from <laughs> Sam. And I'm able to grab the middle objective and run away with it with my Luke Cage, who normally can't do stuff like that. And he's like, oh, no. Yeah, my my brain was not big enough that day. Yeah, you're... um. Your bloodlust got the better of you in that instance. That's true. Um, well, Matthew, what about your box? Who did you choose to bring? So I chose Venom. Uh, I mean, he's one of the best four threats in the game. But aside from that, he's he's. I mean, he's everything I want. I love the character from the comic books. You know, I grew up at that time period, so I read a lot of Venom. And the character is slow, which is a little weird. He has a he's a slow mover, but you know because he's supposed to be faster than Spider Man in the lore, you know. But other than that, he's got an amazing ability to control. He's incredibly tanky, um, not as tanky as Lizard, not as tanky as Lizard, but in, in the right circumstances, he could be because he can just heal off his spender. He's got his web pull, so he can pull people off of points, which is one of the best things about him. And he has a throw. So if he starts juicing up on power, he can pull people off points. He can start throwing terrain and throwing characters. He can just really wreak havoc. Um, And he's got an amazing tactic card, which is um, Lethal Protector, which, which helps him really compensate for some of his mobility issues, being a slow mover, which just allows him to jump in front of an ally who's being attacked, take the attack, and then because Venom in his superpowers has a counterattack in his own where he can strike back, he can get he can jump in front, get into the fight, get hit, and then turn around and hit the other person, make them bleed, and then hopefully that's the end of their activation and they take they take damage from just doing what they're doing, just playing the game. And I mean it's just great. I even think a lot he's good on a d shape scenario even though he's a slow mover because he can just go to one part of the board and just own that board just as four threat owning that side of the board coincidentally in, uh, he's my uh, least favorite character in the game i was about to say in another uh really funny time i beat kenny uh I, I have made it to where kenny will never play venom because the uh the i think it was the first time we ever played 
Yeah, it was um, our first locals tournament ever. It was my fourth game, fifth game ever, something like that. Pretty something. early on. I think I played him in Asgard or Cabal. I don't remember which. Uh, I think it was Asgard. No, you played Asgard is what it was. I was playing Cabal. Um, so you had dazed him. Uh, like you just kicked the crap out of him. You, you sent in uh, Thor, and Thor. Yeah, Thor and Valkyrie. And he really didn't do a whole lot in return. He just died for it. Um, Like I think he did a couple damage with Thor and... um. I wasn't expect. I didn't get enough to like do a clap back. And then uh, I think like Valkyrie came in and like finished him off in one hit or whatever. So I never got to like do a, we are venom. Um, so many snacks, but then I, I moved someone over and uh, field dressing him. So he's at one HP now. And he uh, did, we are venom twice once into Valkyrie and once into Thor and killed both of them and was at full health. And uh, Kenny now refuses to play that character. I'm scarred, Mike. It's just reality. Well, Venom's just this character that he you know, I, he can have games where he's kind of middling if his dice don't work out, but he still has all that control elements to make up for it. Um, I think that being in Spider-Foe specifically makes him incredibly good because uh, the leadership makes it so that he, he can kind of handle some of that variance on his attack so that if he gets a decent attack he can re-roll their defensive dice but then also when he does the counter you know he does his counter attack on someone else's turn he can still use that leadership so that if anyone tries to attack him when he's in spider foes it's a very deadly affair like you need to take care of him because if you don't take care of him he's going to attack you back if you hit him too hard he's going to attack you back with a with his healing spender, and then he still rerolls one of your dice, so he's more likely to just gain more of that health back and hurt you more. I, he's just a phenomenally synergistic piece with the with the affiliation. Venom is phenomenal. Venom is good. Oh, That's what no. you heard here. <laughs> um, I guess we'll move on to my box then. Uh. I've been very excited to talk about spider foes ever since we started doing this uh, affiliation breakdown because uh, spider foes have a very unique list that they can run, which I just call trap house or traps. And I get very excited about it. Um, so my box has to go or goes along with that. And it is Mysterio and carnage. Um, so we'll touch on carnage first who. Uh, ever since Doom Prophecy and All You've Got have been Asgarded and banned, uh, he's seen somewhat of a decline in play, but I think he still has a decent spot into into any kind of spam lists, assuming that you're not just going to get energied or mystic to death. Um, mostly because of... Uh, paint the town red. Uh, if he dazes or KOs an enemy character during his activation, he can use the power. After it's resolved, he advances short and removes all damage from himself and makes another symbiote tendrils attack and can only be used once per turn. Um, pair that alongside a 5-die range 3 physical builder that gives the opponents bleed. Uh, and then a, a really cool area attack um, where it's area 2 
costs five power and lets you roll seven dice. Um, gives targets bleed, but if you hit a wild and a hit after each attack or each attack is resolved, you deal one damage to each other enemy character within two of this character. So safe to say, this guy likes to kill. What do y'all think about Carnage? That's what he do. Carnage do killing. Carnage that, murder. Yeah, I think that that Carnage is kind of is it has has kind of been downgraded to more of a tech piece at this point. Without the, and I think that's a good thing. I think that uh, it, while it, losing Doom Prophecy kind of took away um, some of the more abusable aspects of Spider Foes, I just I, I don't think it was a particularly good aspect of the game having him just be able to pop off and just roll a ridiculous amount of dice and just daze everybody. Um, but I still think he has the ability to do a, a significant amount of Marvel murder. And But you just need to pick how you play it. Because he's not an easy character because he has those ones on his um, energy and, and mystic defense. So he's not a character you want to bring into convocation. No, he is not. Definitely a... Uh... Maybe like a flex 10th character in a roster, depending on the matchup you're up against. Yeah, like he's good against spam lists, because most spam lists have a lot of physical attacks. So he's got a lot of physical defense, and he can deal out a lot of damage, and he can heal off, you know, dazing people. So he's really good into something like a Sam spam or a Guardians list. Actually, not a Guardians list, because Guardians have a lot of energy. So Sam spam. Yeah. Maybe uh, some X-Men as well depending on the X-Men variation you're up against. Back when I used to play Sam Spam, uh, there definitely was a lot of respect for an opposing Carnage. Uh, I I never had the privilege of having one eat my entire team, Uh, but I was always scared of it. (laughs) I've seen it. Because it was always a threat. I've actually done it. I I ate Sooners, and I played a game with Spider-Foes against Sooner, and... And Carnage ate like War Machine and Iron Fist and and Hawkeye in one turn. He just ate everybody. It was, no, it was glorious. glorious. That's insane. Absolute madman. Amount of damage. <laughs> then Rocket Raccoon, you know, took KO'd him, took him off the board. Yeah, Rocket's pretty good. Um, the other character in this box is Mysterio Quentin Beck. Um, he is one of the keys to what I call the trap house list, um, mostly because he has the ability tricks and traps. So when in, at, when an enemy character ends a movement within range three of them, and that's any kind of movement, so place, advance, throw, push, whatever moves a character, you name it, if they move within three of him, he can trigger his trips and traps for three power. He rolls four dice, and then... They suffer a damage for each crit and wild rolled. And if I deal at least one damage, he can advance short. So one of his probably biggest weaknesses is that he is a short mover. But I found that Tricks and Traps helps him be a lot more mobile than people would expect. Um, He's also pretty tanky. Um, He will naturally roll five or his mystic defense uh, anytime someone attacks him. Unless they pay two power, so very similar to Enchantress's ability. Um, he's got stealth, so 
Anytime someone wants to attack him, they have to move within three for the tricks and traps to go off. And then the other fun thing is his hypnosis gas attack, his base attack. Although it's a, a four die builder, uh, if it deals damage, you can advance the target character short. So really, he just has a lot of chances to get those traps to work out. And it can cause tons of headaches for your opponent to try and chase him down. Yeah, I love I love Mysterio. If you didn't already take Mysterio, I probably would have chosen Mysterio. Uh, oh, same here. <laughs> yeah, he's. I mean, the first of all, the model's fantastic. Love the model. Facts. It was one of my favorite to paint. Uh, I think his character is so peculiar and so odd, but so well designed. It was it's such a joy to put him on the board and create all these puzzles and. Uh, situations that that the opponent just is probably going to make the wrong decision because there's like no right decision with him. You you move within him, then you're going to get messed up. He he tricks and traps and then moves out of range, and then you have to do something else. It just he's such a confounding piece to deal with for your for your opponent, and the fact that he he can fuel himself, he can fuel his power off of his tricks and traps by rolling a blank so that he keeps the power generation going. And again, in in Spider-Foes, fantastic because he's much more often much more likely to get the uh, hypnosis gas off. I, I he's a he, I think he's a severely underrated character. I think he's a uh, super fantastic uh I uh I I really like his character a lot. Um he's super fun. I think he's super good. Um and uh yeah, I also would have picked that character had I been given the chance. I've been trying to think of places to put him in that's not just uh, um, Spider-Foes so I can play him elsewhere. And I can't think of anything because I'm not that creative. I think he can fit anywhere. Them in affiliation. Uh, I really couldn't think of a way to fit him into Midnight Suns is what I was playing. Okay, well, you could fit him into... You're working on Web Warriors now. You could fit him in there. He's really I was good thinking Web Warriors. That. I was thinking that, especially with the reroll, so he's a little bit more tanky. Uh, he can do a little bit of damage, and he provides a a, a fairly costed uh, mystic attack for them. So I, I've thought about it. Uh, he hasn't fit right now, but I definitely have thought about it. He's an excellent zone control agent. And did you talk about the Grand Illusion? I did not talk about the Grand Illusion, which talk is about the Grand very Illusion. important. So let me pull it up so I can read it exactly. You have, uh, so to, grand you have to say it with emphasis, emphasis though. If you're going to say the grand illusion, you got to put the grand illusion. Yeah, you, you're legally required to talk like that when you play him. Whenever I play him, I'm always like, "Ooh, I'm not over there. Now I'm over here." You fell from my trap, you idiots! <laughs> you fool! Um, so, grand illusion is an unaffiliated card. Uh, Mysterio may spend four power to play this card. Until the end of the cleanup phase, when an enemy character makes an attack, defense, or dodge roll while within range 3 of Mysterio, it does not add dice for crit results, and Mysterio changes all of its crit results to skulls or failures. This yeah. card is awesome. It's nuts. Yeah, this card is silly. <laughs> yeah, it's so very hey. silly. <laughs> I mean, Screw I will you. say that I... I, I one time I played against Mysterio. It was a criminal syndicate Mysterio, and they they played um 
the grand illusion to try to take out my iron fist and then my iron fist proceeded to just decide to roll nothing but blanks in all attacks and uh <laughs> <laughs> block everything that was thrown at him anyway jeez Ooh. but this card is just very good if you're on maybe a more central map like gamma or demons downtown you're potentially turning off a lot of characters within range three of Mysterio. And that just helps your other characters survive more and also put more or pump more damage in because it's affecting both your enemies attack defense and dodge rolls. So a very good way to keep your characters alive while also killing your opponent's characters. Yeah, it's um, it's kind of like bitter rivals, but character specific. I think it's a better balanced bit of rivals and a more fun bit of rivals. Oh, definitely. Well, I mean, it's not hard to be a better balanced and more fun version of that card. <laughs> but it has to be said. Has to be said. True, true, true. Yeah. It does. I, I, I like its design a lot. I like everything about Mysterio's design. I think he's like I think he's very playable and I think uh he's a very good flavor win. Uh he's definitely my favorite character in the entire affiliation. I feel like I'm not alone in that. You are not. I can't believe they made the stupid fishbowl head work on a model. <laughs> That's it looks all. so good. It looks really good. And every some people time, have painted some crazy stuff for it. I don't, I'm not even a great painter, but every time I show it to people, um, they're always like, wow, nice fishbowl. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> it's so great. All right, let's move on to our one recommended splash character. We'll start with you this time, Matthew. All right, so uh, I, I, I suggested this before in a uh, prior game. I mean, prior, I suggested before in a prior, a prior podcast. Yeah, in a, you know, it's a game. We're talking about a game. Uh, I love Hulk Buster in this uh, affiliation. I mean, basically, my my approach with with the Spider Foes, especially since Carnage has no longer become just a murder blender anymore, is that. I think that spider foes are really good. They have a lot of size three characters and they're medium based and they can just come and get to points and be hard to remove. And I think that having a certain level of control is a way to play with them, you know, to just dominate the scenario with spider foes as opposed to trying to go for all out attrition, which they can do because of their, the affiliation leadership. But the Hulkbuster, what the Hulkbuster brings, it's not even so much trying to capitalize on the leadership, but just doubling down on that, you know, Venom pulling people off of points, Hulkbuster pushing people off of points, Mysterio coming in and just like messing with people so that they have to move and make bad decisions. Uh, Lizard also being able to throw people. These are all like great control pieces and i think hulkbuster does a great job of it because he's so mobile he's he's almost impossible to move off of a point when he's there he's not juggernaut impossible but he's still pretty strong and you know and the control is is what i really want from him and this is the long and short of it i don't have to say much about it i've talked a lot about hulkbuster in the past but just being tanky being big being hard to move and being very good at moving other people is I think an excellent way of playing spider foes nowadays. I can get behind that. I'm always down for more Hulkbuster recommendations. 
He's a, a very fun character. And again, on that note of Mysterio having a cool model, I Paul Buster might be it's one of, if not the best model, just in terms of like looking at it like across the table, or if someone like walks into the game store and looks at, looks across all the tables. He's huge. He's in a super cool pose and he's such a good eye catcher. I feel like spider foes in general could just be the, wow, these are the best models, the affiliation. Yeah. Yeah. We didn't talk about lizards model, but lizards model is also insane. Yep. Carnages is really good. Green goblins is, I mean, we didn't talk about the leader of the affiliation, but you know, his, his, it used to be before all these crazy great models came out. He was one considered one of the best models in the game. Sculpt wise, sculpt wise. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. Now, <laughs> now he, but I mean, now he's still really good. Now that he's got buffed. Yes. Yeah. Spider foes. Awesome. Spider foes is a very good looking affiliation. Because uh, there's a lot of big character, bigger characters, uh, a lot of really good sculpts and poses that they chose for them. Um, so everything just really stands out. Like the two smallest characters, I would think off the top of my head, are Craven and Mysterio. And Mysterio's model is amazing. And Craven's model is probably the most boring of the affiliation, but it's still very good. I, I mean, he's, yeah. it's very dynamic, Craven's pose. Yes. I well, Venom like is the most. Yeah. yeah, Venom's the most boring. Yeah, that's because he's lame. But he was a very early sculpt, so I don't yeah. have any blame for that. And he still fits the character pretty well, I think, or at least the version that they're portraying. He definitely does. Um, I'll go with my splash character next. Um, going with the traps theme, Rocket is another very fun traps character. He's Two threat, so he helps you uh, really be able to build to any kind of point value for any kind of trap shenanigans you want to play. And uh, some honorable mentions, um, Cassandra Nova, um, once again, another traps character. She uh, has the movement ability, which really helps uh, her one-cost spender from range five. And then, in general, if you're not trying to play traps um, because you don't like fun, um any character i found with pierce is really fun in this affiliation because if you hit the pierce you can pierce a die and then you can potentially use the leadership to reroll to maximize your damage output on those pierce attacks so killmonger is my favorite go-to with the pierce yeah i, I like rocket a lot even even if you're not playing a traps build, he's just a really good character for what this affiliation wants to do. He, he really likes the, the leadership. Um, he likes the characters that are supporting him because you have know, a couple of like incinerate and then, you know, Mysterio can help trigger his booby traps. Even if that's not like your main goal or get people in or out of range of him. Uh, he's also very small and can't, he's very small as compared to all of your other big boys. So, if you need someone that can hide, maybe with like a, a token or something, he's a pretty good one for it since he, he can hide behind just about anything. Um, yep. And he, he's surprisingly survivable. So he kind of still fits the theme of a lot of their characters anyway, because he, he gets a, he gets cover at all times. 
Um, so he's basically blocking one every time you attack him. And you can't throw him or throw anything at him because he's just not going to take damage from it. So He also likes having a lethal protector. He likes having a lethal protector too. Yeah, you got a lot of characters that can take the hit for him. Someone needs to mod Groot Venom or something. <laughs> we, <laughs> I am Venom! <laughs> <laughs> All right, Josh, who did you uh, bring for us to discuss? Uh... I continued the theme of big boys and I put down black dwarf Uh, black again. I don't play this affiliation very much, but uh, when I look at it, I like looking at all the big characters. I like looking at all the tanky characters and uh, black dwarf is one of the biggest and the tankiest uh, and for a pretty good price of four threat. Um, He hits pretty hard which also ties into him kind of liking the leadership. Um, he's got really good defensive stats. He's got, he's got the same thing that lizard has where he can uh, ignore a damage to a minimum of one. Uh, he's also got a throw, but his throw is size four instead. Uh, he's got a pretty good spender and he has the, reverse bodyguard ability called too dangerous to ignore. It's what Luke cage has. Who's another good character uh, in this spot. Three points rather than four Uh, too dangerous to ignore is basically if a, if a character within two of black dwarf attacks, one of your characters, you can pay two power to say, Hey, now you're attacking black dwarf now. And most likely black Dwarf's not the one they wanted to attack. Um, And at size four, He's another character for the affiliation that's hard to move. Kind of like Hulkbuster. There's a lot of characters that really don't have resources to move a size four character. Uh, so Hulkbuster is very good. I like that suggestion for this, a lot of the same reasons, but Black Dwarf is a little bit cheaper. Not as many, not as much stuff going on, but he's definitely more of like, like, not the dollar tree. He's like, if you go down to the dollar general and get one, of like the classy things from the dollar general. <laughs> I haven't uh, tried to buy any classy things from dollar general. If you've been to the dollar general frequently, you know, it's like mom, I want Hulk buster. And she says, we have Hulk buster at home. And she whips out a black dwarf. That kind of thing. I can maybe see it. Yeah. I, I guess, you know, not, I, I like the suggestion for Black Dwarf because I just, I like an underdog. The only thing that always worries me about Black Dwarf is kind of like the same reason I, I, I liked him in Criminal Syndicate but also wasn't sold on him. It's just another slow character. And if you're building your spider foes appropriately to balance that out, I think that he really works in the affiliation. But if you team him up with like Venom, and Mysterio, they, they could be pretty slow out the gate. They're not, the, the, the small movers on the bigger bases aren't as slow as you would think, though. Um, they're it's not like, like Mysterio. Move, Mysterio, right? it's like a medium move on a small base, I think. Pretty close. Uh, Mysterio is, in fact, very slow, but Mysterio is a lot faster than he appears. Uh, because he's, if you're playing him uh, with with a lot of power, he'll typically be moving a lot with his tricks and traps. 
There are some turns I've seen him just just schmoove all over the place. Just keeps on going, doesn't stop. Yeah, in the in the Memphis tournament, I played a game against uh, uh, one absolute Matt Matt Sanders, who was on the show the other week talking about Guardians. Um, and Moon Knight was literally chasing down Mysterio the entire game and could not catch him because Mysterio just like, oh, that's not me, that's not me. Ooh, I'm over here. Ooh. Now I'm over here. Oh, I was never there to begin with. The chosen of Khonshu, the chosen of idiots. <laughs> Basically. Basically. Um, well, Josh, uh, what, what play style or objective would you suggest with the spider uh, I know you've touched on it some. Because I don't know what else, just big tanky boys, just big tanky boys that hit real hard and take a, take a lot of hits to die. Uh, I think that one of the one of the bad parts of some tank characters is that they sometimes don't hit particularly hard, and this affiliation kind of shores that up. Um, and it also gives you more opportunities to attack and do your cool stuff because uh, you're not dying because you're playing characters that are hard to remove and hard to move. The thick boys, thick boys. Like Black Dwarf and Lizard. And then, like I said, you could feed <laughs> stuff like Luke Cage. You could, uh, even if you're feeling super spicy, you could bring in like a Proxima or a Corvus. Um, Justin, uh, Jimmy the Hand, uh, brought an interesting Sam Spam list to Nashcon. That was all people that reduced to damage by one. <laughs> and I think you could probably build something kind of similar for... Uh, uh, spider foes where you just bring a bunch of characters that reduce and have a lot of good uh, base stats and health. Yeah. That list was mighty disgusting. Terrifying. Um, I had to play it twice. It's terrifying. Yeah. It's a, a lot of damage to chew through. My suggestion, like I said many times before, uh, traps. It's fun. It causes headaches for your opponents. Um, I know I've played it with Josh a couple times and he's hated it every single time. It's terrible. Which means, which means it must be fun for me. It's and it torture. was. It is actual torture. Matthew, what about you before we uh, go into some listener questions? Um, I, get, I guess the way you could talk about my, my play style would be, I like the ability. I kind of said it with the Hulkbuster. I like the ability to control the points uh, I think that they're pretty good extract carriers, so they can hold on to extracts because they're they're a pretty tanky group of characters, and I think that they can hold points very well because they can control and also be hard to remove. But also, I, I want to take this moment to talk about. I would be remiss for a Spider Foes breakdown episode to not talk about well laid plans. And Ooh. yeah, it's important. Well made like which is, you know, the Green Goblin and Dr. Octopus spending a boatload of power, I think three each, and then they roll dice and if they for every one of your enemies who are holding extracts, essentially. And if they deal damage, then not only do they deal the damage, but they also drop the extracts. And I think that plays really strong into this kind of control and dominate because 
it's twofold. It's one is it's able to do a massive point swing. If you properly plan out your well-laid plans, then you could really do a complete swing on the VPs on a given turn. I've even seen, I think it was a, it was in house party protocol. Will was playing our Nate on stream on, on the game. I think it's on the gamers guild YouTube. And he was playing spider foes and played an excellent well-laid plans turn. And it just completely won him the game. Like Nate was in the driver's seat well-laid plans came in and then Nate lost. And I think that really helps. But on the flip side of it, it also allows you to pivot to attrition if you need to. Between the traps, like Kenny talks about, and all the attacks and the leadership, if you're starting to lose on that scenario, because sometimes you lose on that scenario. Some people are going to do scenario better. But if you play that well-laid traps, start whittling down the damage is kind of like a little bit of like a siege of darkness Wakanda forever where you can do a bunch of attacks and then get mm-hmm. people down and then use green goblin to like blow up a terrain piece or you can just start attacking them with one of your best pieces right after you do well-laid plans and just start dazing everybody so there's a lot of utility that spider force spider foes can bring to the mix with well-laid plans uh, so I think, while that's not necessarily, I think that kind of keys into my play style with Spider-Foes, but I think it's important to definitely talk about that, I think, integral piece of the affiliation. Yeah, I uh, I always somewhat forget that card exists, mostly because when I play Traps, I'm never playing Dr. Octopus, but I mean, it's a card that makes perfect sense to go in that list, and I need to, I need to try it more, because it's just downright mean yeah it's kind of (laughs) gross before we move on let's hear a word from our sponsors this show wouldn't be possible without the members of the guild hall and our sponsors tritex games based in the eu and war room hobbies based here in tennessee both are great local gaming stores that have game nights and are supporting their local communities so if you're shopping online please consider using them as an option to support an LGS instead of a company like Amazon. And to help beat those prices, I have some codes that will save you even more off their already discounted prices. If you use the code TRITEXGGCP5 at checkout, you will save an extra 5% off from TRITEX's MCP selection. And if you check out at War Room Hobbies, you can use the code MCP2022 for an extra 10% off of your order. And if you already are shopping from your LGS and are wanting to support the Guild's videos or podcasts, check out our Patreon page. For as little as a dollar a month or $12 a year, you help us continue to put out content for Marvel Crisis Protocol. So we have some listener questions. Brad A. would like to ask, who is the most unlikely but good second affiliation to um, pair with Spider-Foes? Ooh. Um, I'll go first because I was just thinking about this earlier. Um, 
I think Steve Avengers could be really good to pair with spider foes. They're unlikely because there's literally zero overlap, but also spider foes have a ton of superpowers that they would love to get any kind of cost reduction on once per round. Yeah. Uh, I think probably it's probably not the most unlikely, but another, a good one would be criminal syndicate. But part of that's because a lot of the characters in spider foes are either good in or already in criminal syndicate as well. Uh, so there's a good bit of crossover. I mean, he, Kingpin himself is even already a spider foe. I always forget that. And another big tanky boy for your, for your spider foes. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, I like, I'm, I'm more of a mono affiliated kind of guy, but if I had to go for the unlikely, I would say the web warriors because the web warriors, they like, they have venom. They like Lizard. They like Mysterio. It's a good combo. Yeah, I could see. I could see that being played. I could kind of see um, Green Goblin a little bit, uh, just for the incinerate. If you're trying to go like a more like damagey push, like to push damage through with your Web Warriors, I him throwing some incinerate bombs around it isn't a bad move, um, and he's pretty survivable. So he he really helps. the The reroll would really help him a lot. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah, and, they don't, and he brings an energy attack, which uh, web warriors don't tend to have a lot of. Yeah, they're lacking that a little bit. Do they have any energy attacks? Not in a uh, venom blast. Oh well, that's yeah, but you're not doing a venom blast for the energy attack. You're doing a venom blast to take something off of somebody. Yeah. Well, it's like, um, it's, it's like Iron Fist. He's got an, he's got uh, the Iron Fist, but you're not doing it for the attack. You're doing it to activate someone. Clearly, you've never had two people on one HP next to a third person. That looks really juicy. God, why do you keep bringing up stuff you've done to me? <laughs> well, I also did that to Sooner. So. <laughs> I've well, done that to I, a few people. Uh, well, was, there's another energy. You did it to me. Too. Wait, you did it to me, Merzi. I did you too. Yes. Yeah, I did everybody. It's just, an, I'm just, it's just an initiation when I play Iron Fist. You are the worst kind of person. Um, there is another energy attack in Web Warriors. Uh, Core Peter has Taser webs, and it's actually very good. Who? Oh yeah. Don't you say who to me? Core Peter Parker is very good. <laughs> I agree. I agree. Yes. I just, I'm just joshing you. Uh huh. Oh my Boo. I've never heard of that one before. <laughs> <laughs> what could I? What could I say? Kenny brings this out of me. Um, Kenny does bring next... the worst out of everyone. It's the traps, dude. It's the traps. So our next question is for those who don't know, explain why Stiltman, Stiltman, uh, would make the foes OP and break the game. Ah, yes, I forgot about Robert H. Stiltman, <laughs> attorney at law. <laughs> uh, well, I got this Stiltman... one. Okay. I got this one. Okay. Stiltman would break the game because if they made him properly, then he would be a size six creature or character, <sighs> which would just completely, <laughs> which would completely uh, block whatever anyone does. And he, they would make it so he couldn't be able to be attacked because he's size six, so they can't reach him. Uh, so he's already, he's outside of play. That makes him OP and, and breaks the game. Fair enough. 
I don't know anything about Stiltman, so I'm going to take your word for it. Stiltman, um, the thing with Stiltman is he's too powerful to consider. Uh, and just having this discussion is risking angering him and awakening him. So we probably need to move on before uh, catastrophe strikes. Is he like Slender Man? Don't talk. Don't worry about it. <laughs> um, Who? So Rylan said, who is your top pick for foe's second affiliation leader? What would the leadership be called and what does it do? Um, I feel like I would like to see a second uh, Doc Ock with a leadership. And I don't know what it could do or if you wanted to make it like what do you call it? But it would be cool if they made it like Sinister Six. And I, maybe they don't call it Sinister Six, but maybe they call it like Sinister Squad or something. So it's because it's you, you may not necessarily get six. I, I, I don't know what you would do with it, um, but I, I, I want to see another Doc Ock and I want to I, I wouldn't mind seeing him as a leader. Gosh, I think Doc Ock is the most. Obvious answer for another leader. I'm trying to think of like any maybe like more miles specific villains that could be a leader. Like, I don't know if Prowler would be a good option for another that leader. A leader. That was a leader. Yeah. I feel yeah. like he'd be. I, I have like of... the arch nemesis thing. I mean, I, I could know. see Mr. Negative being. Mr. Negative would be cool. Yeah. Mr. Negative would be le- good leader. I don't know what his leadership would be called, but. I can definitely see him having some kind of control-oriented leadership. You know, something where, you know, everything that I would think of that would relate to Mr. Negative would just essentially be completely overpowered. Like being being able to just basically have mental domination (laughs) where you can just spend like a power and have another character do an attack against their own team. But... I think I think there's there's something there for a Mr. Neg- Mr. Negative type of leadership. I think something where he like your characters can take a damage for a benefit would be cool. Oh, that would be good. We don't have a lot of that. And I feel like my my little bit of exposure to Mr. Negative in the PS4 video game, uh, I, I feel like that would feel right. Like your characters damage themselves and get something out of it. Maybe, Maybe he's like pushing them to, to do an attack or something like that. Something or or like reduce like kind of like what Cyclops says, but they can take damage to reduce either a superpower or uh, like a spender attack, like, like use no their health the for the power. Like, like no matter the cost. Yeah. Cause like, I feel like the way he like takes, like he's basically taken over everybody and he's forcing them to push themselves beyond their limits and like, it's damaging them to do it. And they're slowly like getting, getting like killed basically by him making them do stuff they they typically don't do. That would be pretty sweet. Yeah, I like that. And then he would be like a really cool, like you could probably just like a really good energy attacker that sits in the back and has like, like maybe like Mysterio esque attacks, but as uh, like as energy shots or something like make people advance or push or something, slow people and stuff. Get maybe even an outlet for hex in the affiliation. I like Mr. Negative a lot more than I like a second Doc Ock as a leader. 
Although I do want a second Doc Ock, and I do want a Superior Spider-Man. Agreed. Do you have anyone, Kenny, or should we move on? Uh, I think maybe like a Kingpin Spider Foes leader. I know we've got a Kingpin Syndicate, but I feel like he could have. If we get a second Kingpin, maybe a a Kingpin Foes leader. I don't know. That's just me spitballing. I don't really have anyone else. I don't really feel like he picks up the helm against Spider-Man like with other villains. I feel like he's just like if he's fighting oh Spider-Man, it's no, I have it. Oh, J. Jonah Jameson. Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, actually. I don't know what he would do, but he would like anytime any of the spider people did anything or I guess anytime any of your enemies do anything like they would have some kind of negative effect against them. Like maybe you know, take a damage or something. I don't know. You know, it'd be really cool. And I could see this being J Jonah Jameson. And I could have seen it as, um, as Nick Fury too, but I could see it here. Like we've got uh, convocation has the leadership card that you attach to someone. You could have Jonah literally just be a tactics card. Like maybe he costs oh. a threat or something, but he's not on the field. So he sits on the sidelines and he's just a leadership ability. And yeah. it gives, and it like, it's something minor. Uh, so like, it's not, it's about ba- like it balances the fact that like you can't remove it. Uh, or maybe he does pick someone. He could pick someone and that's the person he's talking through, but it'd be really cool if he was just like a one threat tactic card that sits on the sidelines and tells them what to do or something. That would be pretty cool. And be very, listen to us. Like maybe he's paying these people to uh, do stuff. Although I don't know if that really does. I don't know if that fits his character necessarily. Like, I don't feel like he would hire villains to, to fight Spider-Man. He would, that's, he that's would just actually take... lore wise wrong. He, he created the scorpion Did he? because he, he hired, uh, I forgot the, the guy's name, but he hired the guy, made him Matt into Gargan. a supervillain. Matt Gar- Yeah. So they made him into a supervillain so he can, he can defeat Spider-Man. And that is how scorpion came about. But what was it? Was it like he wanted him to go wreck the town or was it just fight super Spider-Man? He wanted him to, he wanted him to lure out Spider-Man and defeat Spider-Man. I maybe I don't remember the specifics. Maybe he even wanted to, to uh, frame him a little bit. I mean, it was Jay Jonah essentially trying to create a supervillain. I mean, he created somebody to take out Spider-Man and then create a supervillain. I guess so. I, he's, I, I guess he, he's not a bad guy. I mean, JJ's Jay is not a bad guy per se, but he's definitely created his fair share of villains. Okay. I, I just always, at least modern interpretations of my, my limited, I don't read a lot of the comics is that he's like, he hates Spider-Man. Yes. But it's also because he just sees him as like an absolute menace. And I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have in my mind thought he would hire known villains, but it does make sense that he would make a villain to be like, Hey, go beat the crap out of this idiot for me. But then also be like, Oh no, I've actually created a monster. That would be, it would be interesting to see him as like a tactic card though. Like a spider foes affiliated tactic or something. Yeah. That would right, be what cool. other questions? What other questions we got? So for our next question, also from Rylan, 
Since a good portion of the affiliated characters are both CS, Criminal Syndicate, and Spider-Foes, how do you feel about dual affiliation and what criteria would you have for taking one over the other? We kind of touched on this a little bit, but I think this warrants a little discussion because of that that second part about why would you take one over the other? Yeah, I think I would take Spider-Foes over Criminal Syndicate if it's maybe a lower point secure and I don't end up with, let's say, like Research Station if I'm playing... Um, if I'm playing Criminal Syndicate as well. Um, so something like Demons Downtown, um, not really Gamma Waves, um, or maybe any like the, the Flip Secures as well. So anything like the Spider Portals or the Mutant Madman, anything like that. I don't know. That's just my thoughts. What do y'all think? Yeah, the problem, the problem essentially is that Criminal Syndicate is such a menace right now that it's hard to think of reasons to take spider foes over criminal syndicate in my mind, because even, even for things like flip secures where you're like, Oh, well, you know, criminal syndicate syndicate doesn't like flip secures. Spider foes don't particularly like flip secures either. Maybe mutant madmen because of their physical defense, but they're, they're not a particularly, they're not, they're not an affiliation that has a lot of power. So to spare so they can go around flipping things. So I guess maybe Spider-Foes edges them out for that kind of thing, but they could, uh, Criminal Syndicate can go just as wide as Spider-Foes. They do better on all the other secures. Uh, so I, I think that if you were in a situation, maybe like um, Demon, like Demons Downtown and struggle for the cube that would be a place where i'd probably go spider foes over criminal syndicate because criminal syndicate doesn't like the the demons to portals and spider foes does so well on cubes especially with well-laid plans that would be like yeah. a scenario i would put them in yeah i agree josh what do you think um i think in terms of like legacy content like we we don't know what criminal syndicate may have in the future or what spider foes so like Maybe right now it's not the greatest uh, idea, like competitively speaking, but it's definitely something to look out for. Like, and I would imagine there'll be more, more crossover as time goes on, like as more characters are released. I would take a criminal syndicate when I didn't want to have fun and spider foes when I did. <laughs> How's that for a hot take? Very nope, hot. Just- just me? Okay. Uh, let's move on to the last question. Uh, this one's from Z Swizzle Zero. He said, should AMG create a new affiliation for the Sinister, Sti- Sinister Six, or should they just incorporate all the Sinister Six characters into Spider-Foes? And I, I want to start with this one, because the J. Jonah made me think about this one. I think that... I. I don't think they should make them to their own affiliation because then you're capping yourself at essentially six characters and maybe there's a little bit of swap because the characters kind of go in and out a little bit. Um, But I do like the idea of creating a tactics card for the Sinister Six characters 
that does something completely bananas if you field all six characters on the board. Ooh. I don't know what it would do, but I like the idea. (laughs) I don't know. I like um, the thing that makes me feel like I I, I don't want another affiliation because literally it's going to be just about all the Spider-Foes characters, but again, with a different leader. And you, at that point, you might as well just make it Spider-Foes and do it like how they did with X-Men where like, you know, you got X-Men Gold and X-Men Blue. Um, like it's literally just different versions of the, like different formations of the team. I just call it, the, the, like I said, the Sinister Squad or something. It kind and, of feels uh, like X-Men and X-Force. Yeah, but X-Force is a little bit different at least, like in terms of motivation, I feel, and like how they operate. Whereas like Spider-Foes, I feel like it's almost Sinister Six in everything but name. Like they couldn't figure out, like like it's Sinister Six, but they didn't want to make it Sinister Six because of the- They have more than six. Because they, well, or you might have less than six on the table, or you might have more than six on the table, like- or even if you don't just, have exactly six, it's weird. Yeah, or even you just don't want to to limit yourself so much in the fact that you know if they start releasing a spider foe and he's not someone who in the lore was in the Sinister Six, then everyone would be like, "Why is this person in the Sinister Six? They weren't in the comics. What's the reason for that?" I mean, I remember when Midnight Suns came out, everyone was going crazy about why wasn't this character in? Why was this character in? So it just makes it easier. Call them spider foes. Um, I can see it as a separate affiliation. I just really like the idea of having it as a tactics card that does something nuts. Yeah. I, I, I would not be surprised if we do not see anything named Sinister Six in the game and that spider foes is literally just the closest we'll get. Not because I think it's like not cool and would, would not be a, like would be a good idea or anything. It's just I feel like there's a lot of baggage with that name. And a lot of I, I, maybe a lot of weird mechanical ways to make it fit. Yeah, if they were going to make it a, a separate leader, I, I think Doc Ock would probably be the person who would have his a leadership ability called Sinister Six. Yeah, or Sinister something. You know, just to to follow along. Like, and, and again, I, I do want to see another Doc Doc Ock. I, I really like Doc Ock. The more I, I used to not like Doc Ock. Uh, but the more I've seen, like lately, uh, ever since Superior Spider-Man, I've every time I see more Doc Ock stuff, I like him a lot more and more. He's becoming one of my favorite villains just because he's a uh, he, he ranges from being really cool to really stupid. I just, <laughs> I, just re- I just want a new Doc Ock with a tactics card that shows him getting married to Aunt May. That's all I really want. No, Why can't I get that. <laughs> did you, did. Did Jameson also marry Aunt May? I don't know. I don't know. I feel like no, but maybe he dated her. Maybe he was dated because I feel like there was this awkward uh, uh, thing where he was with someone in Peter's family. Comics are very weird. Yeah. So let's... uh. Let's go ahead and get to our end game. Uh, I wanted to ask each of you, what is your favorite MCU movie? Uh, Why is it the best? 
You have to pick one. Can't can't get any honorable mentions here. I think you should put yourself on the line first. Yeah, I agree. I will, I'll, I'll, I will definitely pick. I'll let you guys go first, and I won't pick something that you do pick. Okay, cool. So I am going to pick Captain America, the Winter Soldier. Oh, uh, you want to cop out? I, I've always said this. Um, part of it was I didn't really know that Bucky was the Winter Soldier. So that one completely blew my mind. Two, I really liked the action and the choreography in this film. Uh, I thought some of the fight scenes were just amazing. And then three, I kind of liked the spy thriller genre. And I felt like this fit that really well for a Marvel movie. Yeah, I can't begrudge you that. uh, (laughs) I, I do think, yeah, it's definitely one of the better ones. Although I have heard people call it Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. the movie. (laughs) <laughs> it's very funny. I don't hate that. Um, but it, it's definitely a good, uh, it's definitely a great movie. Like I, I think there's literally nothing to be said other than it's a great movie. Yeah. I, I mean, it, for a long time it was at the top for me. Then what is at the top? If that's not it. Well, you know, it's very, I, I, as I've told you before, it's very hard for me to choose one best movie out of something like 27 movies. That's why uh, I did so this. At a certain point, I end up just tiering the movie, saying this is like tier A or S tier, whatever you want to call it, and tier B, and so on. Because at this point, because the movies are so varied, comparing them sometimes is difficult to even compare because they're doing completely different things. And not to say that these movies are on the same level, but what Eternals is trying to do as a movie is a very different thing than what Captain America Winter Soldier is doing as a movie. Even though I think that Captain America Winter Soldier is a better movie. So if I had to choose one movie on the record, I'm going to go with Endgame. What? Yep. All right. Endgame. Endgame. Endgame, I think, is it is uh, mind-numbingly brilliant in how it is able to essentially take, I think 22 movies before it and make it work. The, 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 the accomplishment of making this movie that, that pays homage and, and, you know, even, even highlights one of the worst movies in the MCU in Thor two and still makes it work how it if you watch it and you've it, it rewards you if you've not not watched a lot of the movies you just watched the Avengers movies or if you watched every single one you'll find p- bits and pieces and yet it doesn't feel bloated even though it's long it doesn't feel bloated it doesn't it still makes sense it does everything you want it gives you so much fan service but not fan service in a way that feels like it's lame it, it it's just fun it's the it's the only movie that I sat through that just, it was just constant people cheering. And honestly, it's amazing that they spend an entire act where there's no fighting. There's no, there's almost no action. It's just them going around in a time heist. And I think, <laughs> I think the movie is, is brilliant in how it executes that. And I've watched this movie way too many times. I love it. If, I don't know. It's hard for me to choose one top best movie but that's the one i'm going for all right i love i love endgame 
And I think it's probably about the best you could ever hope for, for an ender for the infinity saga. Uh, but I really didn't like the time heist. <laughs> I, I love didn't the like time, time heist. Tra- I didn't like time travel being, being included. I don't, I just, I felt like, uh, I don't know. I just, I would have preferred something different. And I, I really wanted the epic fight between the Avengers and Thanos with the full gauntlet. And we got like snippets of it in infinity war. And we got to see a little bit of that, especially on like Titan. But I wanted to see like the full thing, like from the comics where like, you know, like uh, Mephisto's whispering in his ear and like convincing him to do things different. But you, I don't know how they would do that necessarily here, but just see that somehow, like, or maybe instead of like being blinded by the, his, his influences, like maybe he's dead. He was, but he's injured at the end of infinity war. He can't do the full power or something. So he just gets to, he, he's not like actually unstoppable. The problem with doing it the way the comics do it is that the comics understand that if Thanos has the infinity gauntlet, there is no fight where they win. Like the only reason why he was even close quote unquote in the comics was because of the influence that made him reduce his power levels just so he can make it a, a fair fight. And even then, it was a pretty much a, a slaughter where he kills all the, yeah. his, the superheroes. And and it is the, the way that they beat him is just using a, a trick that he couldn't foresee to take the gauntlet off of him. I think well, this That didn't even work. Fight, <laughs> that didn't even work. work. It was his well, own hubris Nebula. that failed. Nebula got it off of him, yeah. So like, yeah. I think that the the like the fact that they brought bring the entire saga to a close and incorporate almost every single movie into it is one of the best best ways to to handle it. I mean, it's one of those things where it was kind of like Star Wars. Take note: this is how you end a saga. Yeah, Oof, straight to my heart. <laughs> All right, Josh, what do you got? I really hate that I'm on the spot for this. You put I really yourself love... on the spot. I know. You, said, you so... said, I want to go last. I was. I thought that you would not pick Endgame because that wasn't one I was going to pick. <laughs> you, you you did this to yourself. I, I'm stuck between two. What oh, actually two? three. Oh, pick I'm one. stuck between three. I'm stuck between. If you, had, if you had to watch one of those three right now, which would you pick? <sighs> None of them, because I'm gonna go to bed. <laughs> um, when you wake up tomorrow, which one are you watching? I don't know. It's it's probably uh, Avengers for me, the original Avengers. Okay. And I'll, uh, my my reasoning is like when I remember watching the Marvel movies as a kid, I and I didn't really know about like the comics that well. So like I remember watching Iron Man, which was like another one I was thinking of and just being just loving it, just absolutely adoring the movie. And I watched it like a hundred times. It's probably my most watched Marvel movie. And I didn't watch the Hulk. I watched it one time and thought it was stupid. Never watched it again. And I've, I have since rewatched it with other people for like Marvel stuff and realized I still think it's stupid. And I won't watch it again. Um, but like watching all the movies and watching the buildup, like, cause like I remember watching the end of Captain America and seeing, Th- seeing Mjolnir in the crater and not knowing what that was. And be like, what is this? 
Like, and, and like one of my, my friends would like tell me like, Oh, that's Thor. And I'm like Thor, like from like Asgard, like, like, like mythology and learning a lot on the way to Avengers. And the thing I was the most nervous about was, is this going to work? Like, is it going to work having all these characters come together? I, I've never seen a superhero movie do this. I've never seen any movie really do this. Like this could fail. Like Marvel movies could fail and stop being produced right here. If this is like crap enough, like the entire experiment is done. And I remember going and watching it and just being just blown away at how cool it was to see these characters interact on screen for the first time. Like Tony making fun of everybody, Captain America, not understanding anything or any reference. Uh, <laughs> Thor just being a moron <laughs> compared to everyone else in like a lot of ways and just being like this giant wrecking ball and like even not liking Hulk, seeing Hulk interact with people was super cool. And of course, seeing Mark Ruffalo get to be Bruce Banner. And I thought that was way better than Edward Norton and really enjoyed him. I do think that Whedon was the only person in the entire MCU who got the Hulk right. I mean, I love Thor Ragnarok, but how he handled the Hulk in, in Avengers and even Age of Ultron, but especially in Avengers, was the perfect Hulk in the entire saga. I, yeah, yeah, I think Hulk was his, at his best there. And I loved, I love Ruffalo's banner. Like this just like, super anxious, constantly on edge character. Like Edward Norton felt way too calm to be on the verge of turning into a giant green monster at all times. But Mark Ruffalo, you felt it constantly. He's on screen and you feel nervous for him. <laughs> but I definitely did a good job of that. But I just felt like, I felt like it proved that they could do it and set the tone like how, for how the rest of the movies were going to go forward. Like you can bring all these different storylines and characters together and do it. And it may not be like the best one of the team up movies anymore. Like I think infinity war is probably the better movie to me, like a better team up movie with more characters and Endgame's also really good at it, but it proved that it was possible. Like to not only just like me, but like to everyone, like it, it, it surely showed that this was not like a waste of time and it was going to be like this great recurring thing we could look forward to uh, going forward. I, I agree. I used to, uh, going into that movie. I was nervous as well because before that I was thinking of all the superhero movies that burned after like two or three movies because they put too many characters. It's like, there's too many villains or there's too many heroes and they try to shove too much into these movies and there's no way it just doesn't work. You can't have more than basically one superhero and maybe two villains. And that's it. That's the max that you can fit in a movie. And Avengers told me I was wrong. This mm-hmm. is how you do it. I think Avengers is really where like the MCU started becoming like the thing, like the monster it is now, like where it really started like jumping. Like Iron Man was really big for it, but then like, like the, the culmination of all these characters together and being like the next big thing is what really like brought it into like the front, like the front line of like uh, popular media. And like my grandmother can watch that movie and understand it. Like we watched all of the movies together and she came to, she came to watch Endgame in theaters with me uh, on the first night that I went to see it. Uh, so like, 
you're, what you're, you're right. Like they, they slow burned up to this rather than throw everything through everything in at once. I think that's really helped the, the movie series grow because you can kind of jump in at any time and it's not usually not super overwhelming and everything is sort of explained to you slowly over time. They don't, they usually don't pack their movies too full, but it's ununderstandable. And uh, I think that's the problem with DC right now and with their movies, like going up into justice league. They tried to do it too fast. They tried to, they tried to match Marvel and get caught up to Marvel rather than do what Marvel did, which is just do, do it as it was natural and, and build to this point and let it flow. Yeah. DC did it right in their, Oh, go ahead. Oh yeah. DC did it right in their animated movies. The live action movies, not at all. Yeah. I don't want to make this a two hour podcast, but there are a lot of reasons why the DC and uh, live action movies did not work. (laughs) The newer ones have the newer ones have like, uh, the suicide squad, the new one. Really good. Yes. But speaking of not making this a two-hour podcast, I should probably close this out. So thank you to our listeners for listening to our super fun discussion on Spider-Foes, on the Marvel movies. Um, Please join us on Patreon so you can hit us up in the Discord and chat with us there. And until next time, keep on gaming.